from the studios of Teeing Up in the Swamps of Jersey in Charleston, South Carolina, this is Teeing It Up presents the Sunday Sprint for Week 14 of the National Football League season. Luke, four games left. Yeah, hard to believe we're into the final month, so, you know, it's sad, winding down the NFL season, but at the same time, these weeks are always uh, very fun, of course, with intriguing matchups, and right now, uh, only four teams have been eliminated, so, you know, you still got 28 teams alive as we come down the home stretch. Are my Jets one of them? Uh, I, they may have been, I know it's the, I, I'm forgetting the fourth, I know the Niners, the Raiders, the Jaguars, and then the Jets, maybe the fourth that were eliminated, I don't, you know, I don't remember the fourth team. Let's see here. Um, yes, Jaguars, Jets, Raiders have been eliminated, and the 49ers have been eliminated. Oh, well, there you go. So congratulations. You're part of a very uh, very uh, small and impressive group there. Um, which actually brings up a good start to the show. The Jets face the Bills uh, today every year. If one of our teams is not doing well, we uh, kick them off the show and stop previewing their games unless they are playing a game of importance. Uh, the Bills are 4-8, and eight, so they are not going to make the playoffs either. So, my dearest Luke, is it time that we um, kick them off the show? We've probably already passed that time. That was probably a few weeks ago. But I guess the question now, instead of talking about the game, is talking about uh, the head coach and what changes may come for the Jets here moving forward. You didn't let me kick them off the show. That's, that's not good. First of all, the, the Bills are only four-and-a-half-point favorites, which I think speaks to just how pitiful these two teams are in their current states. Um, yeah, the Jets need a new head coach. I would have fired Todd Bowles weeks ago. I said that on this program. I would have fired Todd Bowles last week and hired Mike McCarthy immediately after you find somebody to uh, uh, satisfy the Rooney rule. Um not happy with the play calling of Jeremy Bates, the progression of the quarterbacks, the way the defense has played, or the game management. So I'm just not happy, Luke. Yeah, I don't blame you. You know, I, I think uh, going into the season, the expectations for the Jets with the young quarterback probably wasn't, you know, to make the playoffs, but it depended on how you... If you go 5-11, and 11, to me, Bowles could still save his job depending on how you got to 5-11. and 11, And this is not the way you want to get to 5-11. and 11. The season hasn't really been a success uh, in a lot of different ways. Um, so uh, I think it is time for a change. The, the problem for me is you probably should have made this change uh, last year so that you bring in a new coach with the new quarterback, and now you don't have to throw a new coaching staff and the young quarterback a new system and for him to have to kind of start over. I'm not sure you changed Jeremy Bates' offense. I don't think the offense is the problem. Sam got hit by uh, play, excuse me, losing playmakers due to injuries at bad time. He got some bad luck. I don't think the offense is the problem. I think it's the defense, and, and I, I would keep Jeremy Bates. Interesting. Maybe, maybe bring in an offensive-minded coach um, with, you know, who um, kind of has a, a guru level in his head that could enhance Jeremy Bates. But I'm not really upset about offensive play calling in the sense that Sam, Sam got hit hard by injuries, both his own and, and those of his playmakers, um, which hurt his cause. But I, I, it's more the defense and giving up shallow crosses that wind up going for 22 yards instead of four that, that have hurt the Jets. And um, that's a Todd Bowles thing, not a... Um, a quarterback 
or um, um, offensive-minded head coach issue. So, anyway, that's my two cents on that. Um, uh, where are we? Um, we have a bunch of late games that we want to talk about because we love talking about being late, even though neither of us are ever late for anything. Right, Luke? That's right. First of all, did you have Derrick Henry on your fantasy team? Did I have who? Uh, Derrick Henry. Oh, no. I wish. <laughs> yeah, what an unexpected uh, thing that was. Okay. Philly-Dallas, uh, game of the year in the NFC East. Um, you've got the two teams right now that are at the top of the uh, division. Dallas is 7-5. First of all, Dallas went from firing Jason Garrett to first place in, in the division, which <laughs> is just, that's the NFL for you, and a crappy division at that. Um, and secondly, you got Washington, but without a quarterback at 6-6. Six and six. So basically, this is between Philly and Dallas. And in my mind, if they get Zeke running, it's going to make all the difference in the world. They've got Amari Cooper, the playmaker. Look, Khalil Mackinac and Amari Cooper, John Gruden's two castaways for no reason, have become you know, dominant change makers for, for both of these teams. And Luke, for me, this is very simple. If Ezekiel Elliott runs the football well... Dallas wins this football game. It doesn't matter what the Philly offense does. Yeah, that's been the recipe for um, for the Cowboys and their success, their winning streak of late. Uh, it's, it's, they're kind of an old-school team. That was intriguing about their win over the Saints last week, and we'll have a couple of those matchups coming up today. These teams that still try to win with defense and try to win with a run game. At a quarterback that doesn't do a whole lot. But with that said, Dak Prescott, he's played really well since Amari Cooper has come along. And the numbers, I'm not saying skill, they're equal, but numbers-wise, Prescott has put up better numbers uh, since the Amari Cooper trade than, than Carson Wentz. The Eagles have a lot of issues of their own. I think the biggest one is losing Frank Wright. And for uh, the Cowboys, I agree with you. They still try to win with defense. They still try to win with the run game. Uh, they're at home today, longer time to prepare for this one. The Eagles are banged up, coming off to a short week. So I think the Cowboys should be able to take advantage of of the opportunity being at home, and whoever wins this team controls the NFC East. If the Eagles lose, their playoff chances drop to five percent. So this is their season. Ooh, that's that's not good, Luke. I I'm not a math guy, but I can't even understand that one. Yes, not good. Um, uh, are are you still of the belief that Doug Peterson did not deserve the book deal after the Super Bowl, and that Frank Reich uh, was the one who actually deserved it? Oh, 100%. And I thought it was illustrated pretty well Monday night where uh, when the Eagles played the Redskins, the Eagles got their, their first uh, point in the first quarter in, I think, five weeks, and they scored in the first quarter just three of 12 games this year. A lot of times teams script out their first 15 plays. I know Peterson always called the plays, but Frank Reich's job last year was to put together the playbook, put together the game plan, so on and so forth, help with those first 15 plays. Now I know Frank Reich this year, the team came and score in the first quarter with the plays they script during the week. So, yeah, I give Frank Reich even more credit. Luke, uh, you are the host of Morrow Mornings on ESPN Radio Charleston, of which I am now the official golf correspondent. Um, I am so honored to have that title. I'm thinking of adding it to my um, uh, uh, Twitter bio. Have not, have not decided yet. Um, how much Vikings talk do they allow you? You know, when, when you sat down with the programming director and the producer and said, okay, I'm going to sign this, this contract to host this show from 10 to 12, had they done research on you and realized that you were trying to sneak in as much Vikings talk as possible? <laughs> I don't think they did. You know, the good thing is that the topics are, are, are up to me. I have, 
uh, final cut, if you will, you know, like a director. Yeah, photorial control. Um, but yeah, I really don't talk a ton of Vikings because uh, you know, being in South Carolina, if they're a big story, we'll spend some time tomorrow because it's a big game tomorrow night, and I think the Vikings have uh, more pressure on them than any team this weekend. Um, so we'll talk about it a little tomorrow. But I've really talked very little Vikings, uh, shockingly enough. All right, Mike McCarthy gets fired. What's your thoughts on that? And then Vikings-Seahawks in this huge game um, on Monday Night Football. Well, as a Vikings fan, I wish McCarthy would stick around because uh, <laughs> I thought from a Vikings fan, he was good for the Packers. Um, the fact that they you know, they only have the, the one Super Bowl, they've been under 500 the last couple of years. Uh, I thought they, they left a lot on the table with Aaron Rodgers and some of those teams they had. Now, Rodgers obviously wasn't getting along with McCarthy, so... Um, we'll see who they hire, but as a Vikings fan, I always enjoyed that they kept bringing McCarthy back year and year out. Honestly, I didn't think he was a very good coach. In terms of tomorrow's game, Vikings and the Seahawks, as I said, a, a huge game. I think the Vikings have the most pressure because um, the Vikings' playoff chances, to get back to those numbers, with a win compared to a loss, it changes, I think, 48%. If they win, they're going to be sitting you know, pretty good in the NFC. If they lose, uh, they could be in some, some big trouble. The issue for the Vikings is they never play well in prime time. Uh, we just saw that even last week where it wasn't necessarily prime time, but it was the 4.30 game of the week, and they did not play well in New England. So now you go into Seattle, Monday Night Football, very concerning as a Vikings fan. Those things typically don't mix well for this team, but let's see how they bounce back because this may very well be their season on the line. And the Seahawks, uh, Pete Carroll may be the coach of the year with the job he's done. I know the Seahawks would be terrible this year. They're playing good football right now, very well, maybe a playoff team. Um, as you look at the Vikings, what do they have to do that they're not doing right now? Uh, get a new offensive coordinator. That would be nice. Um, you know, it's, uh, it's almost Christmas season. If I were to ask anything for Christmas from Santa, I would ask that John Filippo somehow get a head coaching job elsewhere so we could get rid of that guy and get somebody <laughs> new. Uh, they have all the pieces. They have more talent on this roster than they did last year, the team that was 13-3 and and went to the NFC title game. They brought back every starter and on top of it. They added Sheldon Richardson, and they replaced Case Keenum with Kirk Cousins. How is this team 500 this year? Last year at Case Keenum, they were a top-10 offense. This year, they're number 18 with more talent. We have way too much talent to score 10 points against the Patriots and play as pitiful as we did on Sunday. This offense is embarrassing, and it's because our play caller is atrocious. There's rumors that he's doing what's best for him to try to line himself up for a head coaching job and not necessarily what's best for the team. And so I think that's where there's a big disconnect between him and Mike Zimmer. Zimmer's called him out publicly multiple times. Please, Santa, bring me a new offensive coordinator for next year. Wow. He's, he's terrible. Wow. Mm-hmm. And it's amazing. It's amazing. Reputations, I did something, I did a segment on the show about this. Reputations are hard to change, both good and bad. We have this reputation that Mike McCarthy's a great offensive mind. Uh, I honestly haven't been all that fresh with him. Same thing with, with John D. Filippo. Uh, he was up for a head coaching job this past year. He'll be up again this year. I don't know why. When he was the offensive coordinator of the Browns, they had one of the worst offenses in the league. Now with the Vikings, they're one of the most underachieving offenses, and yet he's probably still going to get a head coaching job because he has this reputation of being an offensive guru. I don't see it. I'm just going to let that sit there. I'm not. I'm not. <laughs> I, could I'm not on, I could go on all morning about. I'm it. not even going to reply to that. I'm just going to move on to to, to the Rams and and the and the Bears on on Sunday Night Football. I don't need to say anything else, Luke. <laughs> I could. I could keep on going. You have just taken up all my time. We have eleven and one, eight and four. I mean, sorry, taking up all the all, all that needs to be said about Ram about uh, Vikings and and their offense. Uh, Rams, Bears. Um, 
Interesting game, big game for Chicago, trying to uh, separate themselves in the NFC North. Um, and the Rams just rolling, uh, just rolling in at 11-1. They've clinched their division. Uh, they, they are going after that number one seed, uh, trying to beat out the Saints, who today play the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. They should win that game, even though it's been pouring in Tampa. So we'll see what the bad weather does for that. Um, for, for for me, Luke, this should be a Rams win. I think the Bears are, are going to eventually um, come back to earth. Mitchell, Mitchell Trubisky comes back to them, which is nice. Um, but for me, I think the Bears come back to earth and the Rams just keep rolling. They should. The uh, Rams are certainly a better team. they got the better quarterback. Uh, I, I trust their offense and head coach more than the Bears. The Bears, you know, Matt Nagy is kind of like uh, Sean McVay light um, this year. Um, but... <laughs> The numbers, in terms of at least the betting numbers, if you will, would suggest that uh, the Bears should win the game. You have a warm-weather team going into cold weather. The Rams, uh, the numbers suggest they're not as good on the road, yada, yada, yada. Only three-point favorites the Rams are. Mm -hmm, Exactly, and the Bears typically do well as as home underdogs, if that means anything to you. But the Bears, uh, you don't know what you're getting at the quarterback position. It's supposed to be Mitch Trubisky, but what Mitch Trubisky are we going to get? And I thought that the Rams have the second-best offensive line in the league, according to Pro Football Focus's rankings. And so I think they'll be able to handle Khalil Mack and that pass rush, and the offense will be able to still put up points against the Bears' defense. And I don't think Trubisky will be able to do enough to keep up on the other side with Jared Goff. So I like the Rams coming into Chicago and winning. They're the much better team. Uh, I think the quarterback is better. Uh, I think they have the pieces. If this was in L.A., I'd feel a lot more comfortable than a Sunday night in December in Chicago. I'll still take the Rams to win. Um, Right now, the sixth seed in the AFC is the Ravens. 3-0 under Lamar Jackson. Joe Flacco is healthy, benched. Lamar Jackson will start this game. Kansas City currently the one seed, 10-2. This is a fascinating football game for playoff implications and could be the end of somebody who won, the end of the reign of somebody who won a Super Bowl, Luke, in Baltimore. Um... I see the Chiefs rolling. I think this is where Lamar Jackson comes back to to, to life. Uh, sorry, com- sorry, comes uh, falls back to the reality. Falls back to I don't know what that phrase is. Help, um, help me, Luke. Um, <laughs> I just don't see this ending well today uh, for Baltimore. Yeah, I agree. Let's say he he'll turn back into a pumpkin. We can use that one. Okay, there um, you go. I love uh, the Chiefs. Last I saw, were favored by only six and a half. I actually love that spread for them to win by just a touchdown. That's one of my favorite picks of the week. You have the uh, number one offense going up against the number one defense. And this is another situation kind of like that Bears game, kind of like the Cowboys-Saints game last week, where a lot of teams should be watching this game and see if, depending on what happens with the Ravens, if they have a chance to make a Super Bowl run or if the Bears can beat the Rams meaning that they would have a chance to make a Super Bowl run. Some of these teams are built more on defense. I like the Chiefs a lot. Um, Lamar Jackson hasn't played all that great. I know he's 3-0, and but he only has one touchdown pass, a couple of interceptions, five fumbles, completing like 55% of his passes, which is not very good this year. Hasn't thrown for over 178 yards in a game. I don't think he can keep up with Pat Mahomes and the Chiefs offense. And I think the Chiefs offense is good enough that they'll be able to score against the number one defense in the league. And just as a, a FYI, the number one defense, four and one in the last five games against the number one, de- uh, number one, excuse me, number one offense, four and one, last five against the number one defense. I think it will continue tonight. Luke, we're getting to the end of our radio program. Aww. 
which means we have to make our picks. What is your game of the week? Uh, game of the week, I am going to say, I'll do Sunday Night Football, Rams and uh, the Bears. Okay, I will go with you on that. Um, your upset special, the thing I never <laughs> ask you about. Yeah, this is the one I always, I always forget. Oh, here, I got it. I like the Dolphins. They've beaten the Patriots four out of five in Miami. I think certainly they'll cover the nine-point spread, but I'll take the Dolphins to win outright. Okay. Um, I will give you my upset special. I think the Bengals upset the Chargers. Wow. That would be a big upset. Your sleeper game. Sleeper game, I will say, I'm going to go with the uh, uh, Colts Texas. We almost talked about it today. We bumped it off the show. Uh, big game for the playoff picture and also for the comeback player of the year. Luck against Watson should be uh, a good matchup of quarterback. That Bucks Saints game, if it keeps pouring, Drew Brees, he's, he's susceptible to the slippery footballs at times. Just watch that game. It could totally change the way that offense is playing. Uh, your game to watch golf during the QBE shootout, also known as the Shark Shootout. I'm going to say, you know what, I'm going to say that Chargers-Bengals game. I think the Bengals are just terrible. Chargers are favored by 16 points. I love the Chargers a lot this year. They're at home. They should blow out the Bengals. So I'm going to go the opposite of you. I'm going to say that's the game to ignore. My Jets versus the Bills. Yeah, nah, don't blame uh, The Survivor game. Oof, uh, survivor game, I will say, um, hmm, oh boy, I didn't think about that one. Uh, I'm going to go, this one's tough this week. I'm going to say, I'm not very confident, I'll say the Steelers and Oakland, I think the Raiders will keep it close, but the Steelers will win. That's my pick as well, and finally your player to watch. Player to watch, I'm going to go with that Colt. Texans game, luck against Watson, because I think this is kind of a battle for the comeback player of the year. Two impressive stories at the quarterback position this year. I want to see who outplays the other in a big game. So it's players to watch. Yes, exactly. Ezekiel Elliott. Said it earlier, he's got to have a big rushing game, so he is my player to watch today. Luke, thank you. My pleasure. Um, when can I bribe you next to come on your show? Good question. Uh, I don't know. Whenever something uh, big pops up, maybe we may have to wait all the way to the Masters. It's that little golf I talk. I know, but like, can I like you know like for example, you know, we've got like the equipment free agent market happening. You know, can I come Ooh. on and talk about equipment free agency? Can I talk oh, about? You know, I don't know the rule changes that are going into effect. Can I talk about? I don't know. Um, um, you know, the, the, the winner of the PNC Father-Son Challenge next week? Uh, we'll get you on at some point to talk about those things. Okay, good. I, I, I look forward to talking about why a uh, 65-year-old person missed a putt at the, at the end. You know, those guys think it's the most pressure they face all year because they don't want to disappoint their sons or grandsons. So. Ah, uh, yes, of course. It's a, it's a lot of fun, uh, even though it is weird talking about, you know, 65-year-olds or 70-year-olds missing key putts at the end to lose for their grandkids. It's, it's a odd concept to non-golf fans, but it's one of the best events all year. Thank you, sir, as always, and enjoy your football weekend. Likewise. I will not talk to you if you lose on Monday for, like, four days. Okay, good. And have fun, everybody. We'll see you.